Shalom Aleichem, how are you doing? We have some uh, amazing, amazing, uh, I just got a new pile of uh, books today. Books, um, holy books from the students of the Baal Shem Tov. And um, so I got like uh, 20 or more books that we're going to have to search inside of them to see the great uh, lesson and wisdom that is hidden and treasured in them. So first I want to start reading to you from a book that is called Divrei Hayamim, Words of the Days, that was written by the Holy Rabbi Rabbi Avraham Azulai. And um, it's talking about the days of Moshe Rabbeinu. He wrote the story, the life story of Moshe Rabbeinu. And it's a... Uh, just really very interesting so i'm just going to try to translate for you a little bit we won't be able to finish it all today but we're going to start Bezat Hashem. so in the 130 years um to the time that the children of israel went to egypt after 130 years of them being in the exile after 60 years from the time that Yosef died, that Yosef, the righteous man, passed away. Um, so Pharaoh had a dream, had one dream, 60 years after Yosef passed away. And in that dream, he saw an elder person, an old man standing in front of him and in his hands, scale. He's holding a scale in his hand. And he was putting in one side a lamb and that lamb was heavier than all the people of Egypt. All the people of Egypt were on the other side of the scale and that lamb was heavier than him. And he was wondering, how can it be? That great wonder, he could not understand that sight. And he woke up and it was his dream. And he gathered all the wise Egyptians, um, wizards, and he told them his dream. And all the people were terrified from that dream until one of the ministers came to the king, to Pharaoh, and told him, that dream is a horrible dream, um, bad thing that happens to Egypt and scare, something scary. So the king told him, okay, explain to me, what is it? So that advisor told him, a son will be born for the children of Israel that will destroy all Egypt. So now, my master, the king, I'll give you a good advice that you should command that every child that will born in the children of Israel, he shall be killed. And maybe that dream will not exist. So Pharaoh liked that idea, that evil man, and the eyes of his slaves were shiny from joy for them to kill the children of Israel. And he called so the king of Egypt called the women, uh, the Hebrew nurses, for them to, to help, to, to, to fulfill that decree. And they saw, and so the, the women, the, the women that came, the Jewish Hebrew, the Hebrew uh, nurses that came to assist, um, they said, that the Israeli women, they are not using um, maids, they don't need, um, because they go and they deliver, they give birth in the field. So 
Pharaoh commanded all his people that if they see children of Israel, like he could not count on those nurses, on those women to kill the babies for him. So he had to command his people that they will go and hunt the children of Israel, unfortunately. And when the children of Israel heard that horrible thing, that Pharaoh commanded to throw the boys, the children, to the Nile, to the Yeor, some of them were afraid to have children, and some of them kept on believing that they must keep on having children. So when the women gave birth, they were afraid, so they hide their children in the fields because they knew that the Egyptians will go and look for babies in the house and therefore they were hiding their babies in the fields and Hashem as he made that oath to the ancestors of the children of Israel to make their children be blessed like the earth of the ground so he blessed he kept his word and he sent his angels to wash the babies, to put oil upon their skin, to cover them, and gave two um, smooth stones, um, round stones, to their hands. From one of the stones, the baby was nursing, nursing drinking um, milk, and from the other one, food, honey. He would take honey from one side and milk from the other side. And Hashem made a wonder for all those babies as well, that their hair, the hair of their heads was growing very long and they were covered by their own hair. And he was spoiling them and pleasuring them, making them happy in his compassion on them. And when Hashem had that compassion on those babies and he wanted them to multiply he wanted many of those pure babies he um, commanded the ground he commanded Hashem commanded the ground to keep them to preserve them to raise them until they will grow and then the land opened itself so like there was suddenly caves that were opened inside the on the ground and the babies were hidden over there and then after a while they would come out like the grass of the land they would come out to the up to the ground and every person every child went back to the house of his father and to his and to his family and attached to them so they were growing till a certain age that it was okay for them to return to their houses because they were not babies anymore um, in that decree, that decree was not applied upon them because the decree was to kill only the babies that are newborn. And another thing, um, that's it for now on that. There was a man from the tribe of Levi in the land of Egypt and his name was Amram the son of Kehat the son of Levi the son of Israel so Amram that is the father of Moshe and Miriam and Aharon Aharon Miriam and Moshe 
he was the son of Kehat, that Kehat was the son of Levi. Levi was the head of the tribe of Levi. So they were Levi's. And he was the child of Israel, Yaakov, the father of the 12 tribes. And he took Yocheved to be his wife. And she was also from the tribe of Levi. And she got pregnant and gave birth to a daughter. And her daughter was in the name of Miriam. Because in that time, the Egyptians, the children of Ham, started to make the life of the children of Israel bitter. The word Miriam, in Hebrew you write it Mem Resh Yud Mem. It's like, it's the same letters like the word Marim. Miriam like Marim. Marim is bitter. Bitter life is Chaim Marim. So she called her daughter Miriam because in that time their life became very bitter. And she was conceived again and she gave birth to a child and she called his name Aharon because in the day of her pregnancy, Pharaoh started to pour the bloods of the male people and some of them he threw to the Nile. And Hashem shown his mercy on those children and none of those children that was thrown to the Nile would not die and Hashem was supporting their living and the ones that were so Hashem was protecting them even though that they were thrown to the Nile they were not drowning and the crocodiles and the alligators were not eating them and the ones that were being left in the field like we said before that Hashem put that idea in the mind of the mothers to give birth in the fields and then the land was covering up on them they were being nurtured and fed by the angels the servants the angels who are serving Hashem and they were saved by them and they would bring them to their fathers as young elder kids and when the word of the king was given and his commandment to throw the boys to, to the Nile to the Yeor and many of the people of Israel were separating themselves from their wives and they were afraid that their children will be born. So they were not um, being intimate with each other. Um, they were not mating because of that decree. Um, So after Aaron was born, so then Amram decided to separate from his wife in that aspect for them not to mate anymore. And in that time, after three years, there was a divine spirit that was hovering on the elder sister, on Miriam. And she was, I hope I can say that word, she had a prophecy. Prophesize, prophesize, I don't know how you say that. Inside the house, she had that prophecy and she said her prophecy in the house that there's going to be a child that will be born to her mother and her father in that time. And he will be the one to redeem the children of Israel from the hand of the Egyptians. And when Amram heard the words of his daughter, he decided that his 
wife and him will go back to be together. And after three years that they were not together, Yocheved was conceived and she gave birth to a child. And in the time of his birth, the house was full of great light, like the sun shine uh, light. And the moon together when they're shining, like the light of the moon and the light of the sun together. And Yocheved, the woman, she saw that the kid was good and nice looking. So she was hiding him for three months in her own bedroom. In those days, the Egyptians made a trick. They were saying something in secret to each other to find a way how to kill all the, all the, the people of Israel. And they went and, and therefore they decided that all the women of Egypt will go to the place that was called Goshen. Goshen was the area where the Israeli people, the tribes of Israel were there, where the people of Israel are there. And they um, will go with their babies on their shoulders, babies that were not uh, knowing how to talk. And when Israeli ladies were giving birth and they were hiding their children from the Egyptians, because they knew that the, that the Israeli women were hiding their babies for them not to kill them. So the women of the Egyptians would come with their children. And when they would come, they would go into the houses of the Hebrew women. And the Egyptians um, were talking. And the Hebrew children, the little children, the Israeli children that were hiding in their mother's room, he was answering. He was hearing a baby talk. So he would answer him. So Egyptians women were taking their babies and getting into the Hebrews houses and letting their babies talk for the little hidden Hebrew babies to start talking. And then the Egyptians women would go and tell their husbands and their husbands would tell the army, the king, whatever. And then he would send the officers to go and grab those kids. After three months that Yocheved gave birth, of that child and it was known to the house of Pharaoh. So that trick that the Egyptians made worked on their house and Pharaoh was known on that child. So when it happened immediately, Yocheved, before the officers came, she took um, a, 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 a crib um, like, um, like a bassinet, like a basket that was made out of uh, reeds and put the baby inside of it and put it on the bank of the Nile in the reeds, in, in, the, in the bush. And his sister, Miriam, was standing far away to look what's going on, to make sure that the kid is okay, hidden over there. In that time, Hashem sent a great heat and drought all over Egypt and it was burning the flesh of people when the sun was was hot and people could not bear the heat so the daughter of Pharaoh the princess of Pharaoh she went to swim and to wash herself by the Nile and all the rest of the women of Egypt did the same thing everyone went to the water
wanted to chill themselves. And the daughter of Pharaoh saw that, that um, bassinet, that basket that was floating above the water. And she sent, so there are two explanations to that word, et amata. One explanation that she was sending her maid, her helper, but the word ama is also her arm. She sent her arm. And in the Torah, it's, there is an explanation on the verse in the Torah that the meaning was that she sent her hand, that she had a miracle, that her hand became way longer than physically it was. And she had a miracle and she was able to pull the basket with Moshe, the baby, even though that it was very far from her. And she took that basket and opened it and saw the kid. And the women of Egypt came, that all the women that were walking on the bank of the Nile, and they saw him and they wanted to nurse him, to feed him, and he didn't want it to be fed by them. And it was from Hashem that Moshe refused to drink from them, to eat from them, to bring him back to his mother, that she will take care of him. So his sister, Miriam, that was standing and watching over there what's going on, she came to the daughter of Pharaoh and said, do you want me to go and call one of the women nurses from the Hebrews? Maybe the boy will drink, will eat from her. So she told her, go. So she went and called his mother. She went and called Yocheved. So the daughter of Pharaoh told Yocheved, go take that child and feed him and I will pay you your, uh, your reward. Two coins um, a day. After two years she was feeding Moshe, she brought him to the daughter of Pharaoh and he was adopted by her. Moshe was adopted by the daughter of Pharaoh and she called him Moshe. Why she called him Moshe? The explanation in Hebrew is Ki min meshitihu, because I pulled him out of the water. The word Moshe in Hebrew, this is a point that is a bit uh, complex to explain, but I will uh, happily do that for you to explain. It's important. The word Moshe, the name Moshe, means in Hebrew, someone that is pulling out of the water not someone that is being pulled. In the verse it's written, because I pulled him out of the water. So she was supposed, by that explanation, the daughter of Pharaoh, Batya, the daughter of Pharaoh, was supposed to call Moshe, Mashui. Because the word Mashui means he was drawn out from the water. He was pulled out from the water. But she called him Moshe because she pulled him out of the water. Now, why she called him Moshe? The meaning of the word Moshe to that concept means that he is pulling out people from the water. And we know that that was what that Moshe was doing. Moshe was saving lives. So the intention of Batya Bat Paro, the daughter of Paro, that she called him Moshe, the one that pulls out people out of the water, was because that she pulled him out of the water and she wanted him to 
take that lesson. If I saved you and took you out of the water, the, the only right thing for you to do is to learn from that and to pull other people out of the water. This is why she called him Moshe. And his father called him Chaver, Chever, called him Chever. Why? Because, because of him, Chever, Chaver means that he was connected. Why? Because with, by his merit, he was to, back together with his wife. And his mother called him Yekutiel because she breastfed, was breastfeeding him. And his sister called him Yared, Yared, because she was going down to him, to the river, to see what's going to be in his hand, in his end. The word Yared means I'm going to go down. She went down to see what's going to be with him. Ve'aron and Aaron called him Avizanoach. Called him Avizanoach. What does it mean, Avizanoach? That his father abandoned his mother for three years and then he brought her back for that. So it means that in that period of time when um, Amram and Yocheved were physically separated from each other, probably it affected their relationship in a way. Maybe they were not living in the same house or something like that. There was a separation that was felt by the children in that period of time. And therefore, Aaron was happy to see that by the merit of Moshe, their parents came back uh, to be together. So he called him that way. The Kehat and the grandfather the father of Amram, his grandfather called him Avigedor. What does it mean, Avigedor? That by his merit, Hashem um, will fence, will protect the holes in the fences of Israel. It means going to protect the people of Israel. Because since that day, the Egyptians did not throw the children of Israel to the Nile anymore. And... And the, there was, they had a maid. The maid called him Avisucho. Avisucho because God was hiding him like under the sukkah, like under a shelter from the fight with the Egyptians. And the people of Israel called him Shema'ya ben Netanel. The people of Israel called Moshe Shema'ya ben Netanel. Why they called him Shema'ya ben Netanel? Shema'ya, the son of Netanel. He was not the son of Netanel. Why they called him so? Because in his days, Hashem heard their request. Shemaya means Shama. He heard Ben Netanel because of the merit of the son that was given by God. Natan El was given by God. Amazing, amazing details. I, me myself, was not aware to all that amazing information. Most of it I, I did, but. There are many details that are very interesting here. In the third year to the birth of Moshe Rabbeinu, when he was three years old, and like we said, he was adopted by Batya, the daughter of Pharaoh. Um, and Pharaoh is sitting to his table to eat, 
and his lady is sitting to his right, the queen, and Batya, his daughter, to his left, and his ministers and slaves are sitting in front of him, and the kid, that is Moshe, is sitting with Batya, the daughter of the king. Why is she called Batya? Batya is the daughter of Yah, and Yah is one of the names of Hashem. So Bat-Ya, the daughter of Hashem. So why Bat-Paro, the daughter of Pharaoh, is being called Bat-Ya? It's written that when she came to the Nile to wash, her intention was to wash from the idol worshipping in the house of her father. So basically she converted to Judaism. She converted to join the people of Israel and therefore she came to the Nile, to the Yeor, to purify. And that was the time that her name was changed from the first name that she had, that she was the daughter of Pharaoh, to Bat Ya, to the daughter of Hashem. Vayoshet Hanar et Yado, so the kid, it's Moshe, reached his hand, sent his hand, and took the crown from the head of the king and put it on his head. Suddenly, that little three years old kid is grabbing the crown of Pharaoh and putting it on top of his own head. The king was very scared and the ministers as well and they were wondering one to the other, how can it be? And then Bil'am, the black magician, one of the ministers of the king and his advisors said, is my master, the king, remember the dream that you dreamt and that your slave solved to you? So Bil'am was that person, that minister who so solved the dream to Pharaoh back then. We learned about it yesterday in the other class, the first class about from this book. So he told him that there's going to be a child from Israel that will destroy the kingship of Egypt and will um, and will and will take their, their them out of Egypt. They will redeem the the Israeli people. You should know, my king, that this kid is from the Hebrews. He belongs to the Hebrews and the spirit of his God is in him and from his own wisdom he did that thing that he just did, that he have done, that he took your crown and he will be the one to destroy Egypt. It's not an innocent thing that he just did, it was on purpose and he took your crown to show you that he will destroy Egypt. Now, my king, you should immediately command to take the head of that kid off. And the king liked that idea and all his supporters and ministers agreed with Bil'am. And then Hashem, the creator, sent the angel Gabriel. And the angel Gabriel seemed like one of the ministers of the king and his supporters. And he told the king, my master, the king, that advice is not a good thing. You cannot kill an innocent person for no reason because that kid does not have no knowledge. He is a little kid. He does not know what he is doing. 
please command to bring a precious stone in front of him and also bring coals of fire. If you will see that the kid will reach to take the precious stone, so it will be known that he is a wise kid and then you should kill him and we will judge him in a trial. But if he will reach his hand to take the coal, we will see definitely that he does not have no wisdom and we will exempt him from this punishment. All the advisors and the wise um, ministers of Pharaoh said it's a good idea, agreed with the angel Gabriel. And they brought the good stone in front of him and the coal of fire. Of course, the kid wanted to take the good stone, but the angel put, pushed his hand to take the coal and brought it to his mouth and it touched his lips and a little part of his tongue was burned. And immediately he became kvad pe ukvad lashon. His mouth became heavy and his tongue became heavy. And for that reason, he was saved. So you see in the verse in the Bible, it's written that Moshe was kvad pe vekvad lashon. That was that his mouth was heavy and that his tongue was heavy. Means that it was hard for him to talk. And it all happened because of this situation that happened in his childhood. That the angel Gabriel saved Moshe's life by forcing him against his will to take the burning coal of fire and uh, to show by that that he was not as wise as he really was. And then the king, after that time, the king was advising with all his advisors what we should do to the house of Israel, to the people of Israel, that they are multiplying each day, they're growing. So his wife told him, you should do whatever you like because the land belongs to you. And Bil'am said to the king, the king, you should know that that nation all their actions are evil and sneaky and doing things behind your back. They are the children of Yaakov, their father, and he himself was doing things against his brother Esav without his brother knowing about it. And he took the Bechorah, Esav was elder in age, and Yaakov took the blessings from him because he knew the nature of Esav, that he was evil. And he knew that his father Yitzchak was not in 100% um, clear sight to see the actions of Esav because Esav was cheating um, Yitzchak. And his mother, their mother Rivka, told Yaakov to take the blessings from Yitzchak before Esav will come to get them. So on that story, Bil'am, the evil person, says about the nation of Israel that they are all wicked, God forbid, and that they, um, like their father Yaakov, took things behind the back of Esav, even though Esav was corrupted and evil. 
and he took um, his blessing and cheat his father and took the blessing from him and ran away to Lavan. And Lavan gave him two, his two daughters to be his wives, Rachel and Leah, and he took his um, animals, the goats and, uh, and, and, and sheep, and all his family and ran away. That is the story about Yaakov, that Bil'am here obviously is twisting the true story that Lavan was the cheater and liar, and he himself tried to take advantage of Yaakov and cheat him and lie to him so many times in so many ways. And in the end, when Yaakov took a small amount of what that he was really deserved to get, and only his wives and children mainly came with him and ran away to save his life from the hands of Lavan. Then Lavan blamed him for kidnapping his daughters, even though that his daughters went from goodwill, and kidnapping his grandchildren, even though that they were Yaakov's children, and of course that the children will come with their father and not, will not stay in the house of the grandfather. And Lavan was trying to find things, maybe Yaakov uh, stolen something from him, maybe someone took something, and he looked through all his bags and all his cargo, and he could not find even one pin, one needle, nothing. Think about a family with children, four wives that were wives of Yaakov, the two daughters of Lavan, that are Leah and Rachel, and the two um, female um, maids, Bilha and Zilpa, and all the children of Yaakov from those four women were his children. Think about a huge family, four wives, many children, all live in the house of their grandparents like family, and when they go out, they did not take anything. How can it be that a kid will not take like a book or a pin or a, a nail or or a box or, or, or any vessel or a, a pen or like something small? Wouldn't you like find like, oh, by mistake, sorry, oh, we didn't know it's yours, we forgot. Like they lived there for 14 years. And when Lavan himself looked into the bags and the cargoes of all the children, of all the women, of Yaakov himself, he could not find even one pin, one needle he could not find. That's how clean Yaakov was in money, and he for sure was not a thief, and for sure did not take anything that was not belongs to him. But Bil'am, like all the haters of Israel, talking Lashonara, bad things about Israel with no problem, just filling his mouth with lies, filling the ears of his listeners with lies, and talking bad things about Yitzchak now. Yitzchak, their father, the father of Yaakov, he lived in Grar, and he failed the people of that place on his wife to say she's my sister and took all their goodness and their money and went. Again, a lie, another lie. Yitzchak was scared and afraid that the people of Grar will kill his wife because that was their custom to kill the husbands and to take the wives. And he just protected himself by saying that he is her brother. 
And on that he is saying that Yitzchak was evil, just trying to save his life. And as well, the children of Yaakov did to Shechem and to Chamor that they told them to circumcise. And when they circumcised, so in the third day they came on them when they were hurt and killed them all with their swords and took their properties. Another lie, no problem. We know how to deal with, uh, with uh, fake news. We're able to deal with filth that goes on in, uh, in, 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 the, in the media, no problem. We used to all those nonsense and imaginations and about uh, Shechem ben Chamor, Shechem, the son of Chamor, he raped Dina, the daughter of Yaakov. And after he raped her and kidnapped her and was refusing to let her go, the brothers of Dina, um, Shimon and Levi decided to revenge the insulting of their sister and of their father. And even though that it was against the will of Yaakov, because Yaakov was not into that kind of revenge, Shimon and Levi took their swords in the third day and revenged and released their sister and brought her back home. And this is simple thing that we should do to save our sisters and our brothers from their prisons and no one regrets on that act. And now Bil'am is saying to Pharaoh, if you will listen to my voice, don't kill them in sword because they might fight back. You just need to make them trouble, troubled to make more harsh decrees that their life will be so hard on them that they will lose hope and will fall to despair on their own. That evil idea was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of his slaves. So Jethro from Midian, that was also one of the ministers of the king Pharaoh, said to the king, My king, you should know that everyone who fights with the people of Israel will never be clean. It's a known thing. Haven't you heard that? What happened to the first Pharaoh that took Sarah, the wife of Abraham? And did you saw, what did you hear? What happened to the same king that tried to take the wife of Yitzchak? Did you saw and heard what happened to the four kings who tried to kidnap the son of the brother of Avraham. Did you saw what happened to Lavan? There was no person ever that tried to fight with the people of Israel and went out clean. The king Pharaoh was upset and angry on Jethro from Midian and told him, Go, go to your place. I don't want to see you here anymore. He rejected Jethro's advice and sent Jethro back to Midian, to his place. After Hashem saved the kid Moshe and the Egyptians did not kill him, he lived in the house of the king, dressed with royal garments and a precious stone on his head like a crown. And all the ministers of Egypt were respecting him. After 15 years that he grew up, that Moshe grew up in the house of Pharaoh, he 
wanted to see the face of his father and his mother. And he saw their sorrow. He went out from the palace to see his parents and he saw how much they're suffering. And then he saw an Egyptian man that was hitting a Hebrew person from his own brothers. And when he saw that person that was hitten um, by the Egyptian, Moshe ran towards him to help him because Moshe was honored and respectful in the house of Pharaoh. So that poor Hebrew person told him, my master, because that's how he felt about Moshe, because Moshe was one of the people of the palace, so he respected him. He didn't know who he was exactly, basically. And he told him, my master, this Egyptian man came to my house tonight. He tied me with a rope and, f and raped and forced my wife in front of my eyes. And now he wanted to kill me as well. He started beating me for no reason after raping my wife yesterday night in front of my house, in front of my eyes in my own house. When Moshe heard that horrible thing, he looked to the sides and saw that there was no man. There are two explanations on that. First explanation by the simple words of the verse that he looked to the sides to see that no one can see what he's doing. He saw that there was no one there. But in the scripts of Kabbalah, it's written that Moshe was looking to the sides means to different generations. He looked deep into the generations that are about to come out from that Egyptian person to see if there's going to be someone that will be useful, someone that will be a good person. And he saw that there was no man there. He saw that all his children in the future will be evil. And what he do, what he did, what did he do? He hit the Egyptian man and saved the Hebrew person from under his hands. So because he saw that in the future, future generations there will be no good soul coming out of him and only evil people were about to come out from him in the future, there was no reason to keep him alive and he hit him. Moshe came back to the house of the king and the Hebrew person came back to his house. When he came back to his house, he thought that he needs to divorce his wife. Okay, so that man decided, thought that the right thing to do was to divorce his wife and not to be with her after that the Egyptian person was with her. And she was upset and said, and she went to her brother, to her brothers, and they wanted to kill her husband. So suddenly a war started between the people of Israel, the brothers of the poor woman, wanted to revenge their sister's insulting and he, and he started to run away. In the next day, Moshe came out to his brothers and saw how much they're suffering. And then he saw two people fighting and arguing. And one of them wanted to hit his brother. 
So he asked him, why are you hitting your friend? Why are you hitting your brother? Who put you to be a minister and a judge? No. So Moshe asked that person, why are you hitting your brother? So that person stood up against Moshe and told him, who put you to be a minister and a judge among us? Do you want to kill me like you killed that Egyptian? So we see now that among the people of Israel, there were people that were not good. Some of the people of Israel misbehaved and behaved not well at all, were evil, were not polite. Just for you to know, 80% of the people of Israel died in the plague of darkness in Egypt. Only 10% of the righteous people came out from Egypt, being redeemed by Moshe. So people started to talk and the rumor expanded. And Pharaoh heard about that thing that Moshe killed an Egyptian soldier. So Pharaoh wanted to kill Moshe and set the order to the executor to kill Moshe. But the sword was not able to kill Moshe. There was a miracle by God, by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, by Hashem, that the neck of Moshe became strong as marble stone. And that is why when Eliezer, the son of Moshe, was born, Moshe said, I will call him Eliezer. The meaning of the word Eliezer is Eliezer, my God helped me, is helping me. Because the God of my father was helping me, Moshe said. So it was on that story that God saved Moshe by a miracle that his neck became hard as a marble stone. And on that, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hashem, told Moshe, when Moshe in the beginning refused to go and redeem the people of Israel because he was, uh, he was, he did not believe in himself that he was a worthy leader to lead Am Israel, the people of Israel. So Hashem told him, You should send in the hand of the sender. What does it mean? That HaKadosh Baruch Hu told him, who put the mouth to the men? Who taught you to speak when you were judged in front of Pharaoh on the case of the Egyptian? Or who put a silent person that he was not able, Pharaoh was like a silent person, mute, that was not able to talk, that he did not put all his effort to kill you. Or a deaf person that his servants were like deaf they that they did not listen to his commandment to follow after you and kill you no matter what who made them blind that they did not see you when you ran away from the capital and ran away out of egypt and god did that thing and it was another wonder to save moshe and God sent the angel Michael, the minister of the armies of heavens, in the figure of the head of executors, and he 
in his sword executed the minister of executors of Egypt because his shape was looked like the shape of Moshe. So people that looked at the real Egyptian executor thought it was Moshe and Michael, the angel that seemed to them as the minister of executors killed him with his sword. And the angel held the hand of Moshe, the real Moshe, and took him out of Egypt and put him in the border of Egypt three days walking from the city. And then Aaron, the elder brother of Moshe, left in Egypt and he was the leader of the people of Israel over there in Egypt in those days. And he spoke to the children of Israel and said, throw away from you all the filth and bad uh, customs of foreign faiths of the Egyptians, that they were idols worshippers. But the people of Israel had a difficulty hearing him and Hashem was upset with their behavior. But by the merit of Moshe, that was always praying for on their behalf and mentioned the merit of Abraham, Yitzchak and Yaakov, Hashem decided to reveal his mercy and kindness upon the people of Israel and to save them. And the hand of Pharaoh got stronger and stronger to, um, to make the people of Israel work harder, to torture them, to make the decrees harder on them. And he pushed them and commanded on his soldiers not to let go of the burden and just to increase the pressure on them while being slaves. When Bil'am saw that his advice did not came out, Bil'am wanted to damage the people of Israel. He was a real um, hater of Israel and wanted also Moshe to die and gave advice how to kill Moshe. But his advice did not happen. Then he f looked for a way how to kill the people of Israel. And he go out of Egypt and went to the king Nicanus with two of his children, Anis and Vesamiris. Anis and Samiris, and the king Nicanus was the king of Edom. In those days, there was a war between the nation of Cush and the children of Kedem. And the people of Kedem um, had a war, and the people of Cush, the people of Cush was. Um, so there was a big war over there and the king Nicanus was, um, was, being, uh, he, he was uh, being hurt by the king of Cush and surrendered to him. And when Nicanus went to that war to fight with Cush and with Benekedem, he had a, f a war against both those nations. Bil'am, um, that was a black magician, and two of his children, Anis Vesamiris, he left them um, 
behind. So only now I understood that actually what that is written here is that Bil'am, when he saw that Pharaoh did not listen to his advice, he left Egypt and went to be um, over there in the kingship of Edom with Nicanus uh, the king. And when Nicanus went to fight with Cush and Benekedem, the children of Kedem, so then uh, Nicanus the king left Bil'am with his, uh, to protect his people, to protect his city. And so Bil'am and two of his children, Anis and Samaris, they were left to protect the city of Nicanus. And they sat there with the uh, rest of the people, except for the warriors that went with Nicanus to fight. And then Bil'am, that was evil, woke up the people of Nicanus to fight against Nicanus, not to let Nicanus come back to his, to his city and not to let him back in. So the people made an oath to Bil'am and they crowned Bil'am on them to be a king. And he set his children to be the um, commanders of the army. They organized a new army and they uplifted the walls of the city from two sides of the city. And from the third side, they digged wells um, and they put river, they put water, they, pu they, like, they pulled the river to surround, um, to surround the city, to protect the city. And for th that was from the third side. And from the fourth side, they gathered snakes and scorpions in their black magics. And they made sure that no one will come in and out from the city. And when Nicanus came back and all his soldiers from the war, they looked back on the wall of the city and they saw that the wall became very high, taller. And they were wondering, how did it happen? And then they said, probably the people of the city thought to themselves, like our people, they thought to themselves, that we were late in the war, when they probably thought we lost the war. And therefore they built the wall of the city taller and strengthened it, that the kings of Canaan, the enemies, will not come and fight with them. But when they came closer, they saw that the gates of the city are locked. So they called the gatekeepers to open the gates for them to be able to enter into the city. But the gatekeepers refused to open for them by the commandments of Bil'am, the black magician. And they did not let them come back into the city. So... Nicanus and his soldiers started to fight uh, against the gatekeepers and to try to end the new army of their own city and to open the gate. From the army of Nicanus died 130 people in the, in the first day. In the second day, they tried to cross the river that Bil'am set on the third side of the city. And they brought 30 horse riders um, through the river and they all drowned in the wells, in the pits that he built. So he built, Bil'am commanded them to build traps for them to fall and die there. And they really fell in that trap and died. So the king 
Nicanus commanded to build um, rafts, um, like wood, tied woods, um, small boats, to pass the river. And they made that. And when they came to the places of those water holes on the other side of that river, they, many of them died um, as well in that day. 200 people. In the third day, they came from the fourth side, that over there the snakes and the scorpions are standing, waiting. And they were not able to enter to the city. And the snakes killed from them 77 people. And they realized that they don't have the ability to get into the city, so they went back. They stopped from fighting. They were surrounding the city for nine years. They did not let no one come in and out from the city. And that, um, in, and in that time, that Nicanus was holding the city trapped and don't let no one in and out. In those days, Moshe ran out of Egypt and came to the camp of Nicanus, the king of Cush. And Moshe was 30 years old when he came to the camp of Nicanus. That was um, in those days that Nicanus was protecting, uh, closing on his city for nine years. And Moshe entered to their camp and they liked him. And the king, Nicanus, and all the ministers and all the soldiers liked him because he grew up to look very nice and tall and wise. And the king liked him very much and put him to be the minister, um, like the general of the army. And they sat there many days until the king Nicanus was, became sick and died. So his slaves asked, what should we do? If we're going to go, uh, if we're going to leave the city and going to run away, they're going to chase us and erase our names and going to kill us. Um, so it's better for us to keep on holding the city trapped. Um, so they were like wondering what to do. And in their sorrow and in their uh, confusion, they were thinking what to do. And they decided to crown Moshe to be their king because there was no one special like him in their people. So they did that and they gave Moshe um, the permission to marry Nicanus' wife, the wife of Nicanus. But Moshe remembered the covenant of Hashem and he did not come close to her at all. And he put a sword in the middle of their room in the place where they were sleeping and uh, like for her to know that there will be nothing between them no uh, relationship and he did not sin with her in the third day for his kingship that Moshe was their king his slaves told him to Moshe give us an advice and tell us what we should do because nine years we did not see our wives and our kids, and we desire to see them. 
So Moshe told them, if you're going to listen to my advice, soon you will all come back to your houses in peace. So they told him, everything you're going to command us, we shall do. So he told them, let's all go to the mountains and take um, chicks um, from um, one of the birds. I don't know what's the name of that bird. The chicks, the babies of that kind of bird. So now I'm going to try to Google the name of that bird because I don't remember it in English. The name of this bird is Stork, a stork. Okay, a stork. I, I'm not sure I, I knew it even. A stork. So let's go to the mountains and bring chicks of storks. Each and every one of you will bring one. And they did so. And then they told them, teach them to hunt like the babies, like the chicks of the, of the hawk. And they did so. And then they told, he told them, every one of you should ride his horse, wear your um, armors, take your weapons, and come after me from the side where the snakes are there. And in the time that the snakes will come out, Throw on them the chicks of the stork, the storks, and they will eat them. And then we will conquer the city. And they did so. They came closer to the city and they hit um, everyone who fought against them and killed him. And then Bilam ben Beor, the son of Beor, saw that his city was trapped. And he made a, a magic, a, a spell, and, and fly up in the air, him and his children, and ran back to Egypt to Pharaoh. And they sat with him, came back to their houses. And when the people saw that their king, that was Moshe, saved them, and that in his advice, good advice, they captured the city, they loved him very much. Moshe was fearing Hashem, his God, and never who walked away from the rules of his ancestors, Abraham, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, to the right and to the left, or to the left. The days that Moshe was king on the nation of Cush was 40 years. So, we learned a little bit more about Moshe in this book. I'm also um, being exposed to new uh, knowledge, things that I never knew before about Moshe Rabbeinu. Amazing, amazing information. A book that was written um, by Rabbi Abraham Azulai. May he rest in peace. And may the merit and the memory of Moshe Rabbeinu shine in our hearts to serve Hashem with a happy heart and a wishing soul all our days, all our lives. Amen. This is Dror Moshe Kasuto. Glad you've been listening. The Amuna Project is a non-profit dedicated to producing faith-based media like this podcast. To support our work and to see all our activities, books, and services, visit emuna.com. That's E-M-U-N-A-H dot com. You can also connect with me on social media at Rav Dror for posts and updates. Chazaku Baruch, strength and blessing.